0: Bye. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical LibroCubriculist podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the LibroCuba. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubriculist. Today, my friends, is one of my most favoritest of all days, which is book. Buck. Book Wednesday. When you tell your friends about Book Book Wednesday, you're really gonna want to hit those bees, such as Buck and Wednesday. Thusly, something I like to say at the top of every show. Although for me, sort of personally, I think very, very important on a Book Wednesday is to say that there will be spoilers, folks. I'm gonna spoil the living goddamn shit out of this thing, so please consider that your one and quite possibly only spoiler warning. Thank you for um, paying attention to it. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear I was going to say C, but that does not make sense because this is a audio only format of podcasting. Blech. If you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No. He's just kidding. That's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, because that is what helps others find the podcast. I just drove by a man cutting the lawn who was not wearing a shirt and should be because it looked like he was wearing a shirt because of the excessive amounts of hair on back and chest. Why do I bring it up? I very, very infrequently bring up things I see on my drive to and from work. However, something like that you kind of have to mention. Do you not? No, you don't. And I will try not to in the future. Anyways, that was a bit of a sidebar. Post sidebar action will, of course, be today's sponsor, which is the Gallifrey Watch Repair and Temporal Abnormality Redressers. Mm -hmm. Once again, today's sponsor is the Gallifrey Watch Repair and Temporal. Abnormality redressers. Thank you to them. Very, very much appreciated. If you are following along with the podcast, you will likely know that today's Book Bow Wednesday episode is going to be about a book. No. Well, obviously you know that. But you what you may know if you follow along is that it is about book two of the Times Odyssey trilogy by a Mr. Arthur C. Clarke and a Mr. Stephen Baxter, Titans, I will say this, Titans in the science fiction writing authorship world. I think particularly, uh, I think, Arthur C. Clarke, probably even folks who are not up on their science fiction writers will potentially have heard of Arthur C. Clarke. Maybe that's just me thinking that, but uh, I, I think that is a thought that I have that I think. Mm-hmm. I am going to talk today about book two of this trilogy, as uh, well, the last book, Wednesday, was about book one, so kind of makes a sort of logical sense. However, within these books is time travel. Uh huh. So I suppose I could read them in whatever order I wanted and bring them back to the liberal Cuban, whatever order I wanted, but no, I enjoy a little linearity. Is that a word? L- linearity? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll go from one to two and two to three, as you do. I decided a long time ago, and by a long time ago, I mean almost getting close to a year ago, when I started this podcast, that through a sort of process of learning how to do Book Wednesday episodes with regards to trilogies and anthologies that I will not dip too much back into previous books because, a couple of reasons, you have that podcast readily available for your listening pleasure? Question mark? So it doesn't really make sense to waste time in this episode to talk about things from the previous one. I always kind of mention that just because I think it makes sense, so... There is that mentioning completed. This book starts out where the last book left off, oddly enough. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, sort of, though. Hmm, now that I think about it, this book and book one of the series are very, very interesting in that it is almost two, not even almost, it is two totally different stories practically for the most part. And I like that because you could potentially start off with book two and read book two alone. And for the most part, in the high 90 percentile, it would still make 100% sense to you. Oh, Jesus. That was a confusing way to say it, but I think you know what I'm getting at. Same with book one. If you read book one and stopped reading this trilogy, it'd be a shame. Because they're friggin' awesome books, but I don't think it would totally ruin this experience in the sense that you would have sort of encapsulated in book one one completed, for the most part, story. Alright? Alright. I think it's a good way to go as far as trilogies. Especially when, I don't think this is the case here, but quite often books within trilogies and anthologies, there can be years between books, right? So, it's nice if they stand alone or are able to stand alone. That being said, this Burke, Burke, this Burke, this book starts off with our sort of main character of the last book, Vesessa, Basessa Dutt. Strange name. Is there anyone existing in the world today with the name Visesa? Uh Is there anyone with the last name Dutt? If there is, I do not know of either scenario existing. However. Perhaps over in Jolly Old England, where Besessa is from. It is a possibility. If you know a Besessa or a Dut, what you can do is tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood. And I would love to hear from you. Audience participation completed. She wakes up in her flat which means apartment. And despite the fact that she has basically, for all intents and purposes, spent five years in a world that had been ripped apart, a earth where various time periods have been plucked from throughout all humanity's times and reassembled together into one earth again, she's been there for five years. However, she's waking up sort of the day of her initial disappearance with nothing but the memories of the events of these sort of past five years. However, we sort of learn eventually that it's not just the memories she has. She hasn't gone insane. She has, in fact, also aged sort of biologically proven five years. Okay, so cool beans. That, uh... Pff- Kind of, you could leave that as her main point of this book. She appears from time to time. However, uh, her story of book one is sort of, for the most part, forgotten. We touch on it from time to time, but very, very infrequently. And I think what they've done, just from what I have gathered from book three, is they've had book one as its own sort of Bessessa-focused story of this torn apart sewn together in time earth and then book two which i'm about to talk about uh and then in book three they're gonna sort of unite the two books into one story that's sort of the feeling i'm getting so far and i think it's a pretty goddamn amazing decision of these two authors to do so and i like it very very much so far in this book uh why don't i just start out with the boiled down basically story of the fact that the earth is in danger from the sun the sun that is going to uh, erupt in a sort of violent super violent solar flare a solar flare kind of sorta kind of sorta that will in the period of one day emits all the energy that it would normally emit over the course of one year thus not doing good things for Earth, they would, if it was allowed to happen unhindered, boil our oceans, rip away our atmosphere, and kill all life on the planet. So we don't want that to happen. Hmm. Luckily, there is a very, very smart scientist dude living on the moon who predicted the fact that this is going to happen. He, through a sort of model he created, predicted at an event on June 9th, the year 2037. It was an event that was sort of one one-hundredth of the event that is going to, you know, kill us all. It still sort of wreaked havoc on the planet. It's that sort of, if you've read any sci-fi, you know about solar flares and sort of EMP and how they fry electronics. It was one of those things. Mess with the weather, sort of things of that nature. So that happened on June 9th, 2037. He predicted it, and because his prediction was correct, it meant that his further prediction, five years in the future, was going to be correct. There's all sort of math involved, and the way they explain it makes sense. The way I am explaining it probably does not. However, that's why the book is longer than this 20-some-odd-minute or so podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. So then it's up to humanity to... They can't stop this from happening because it's, well, the sun. (laughs) And there's not much we can do in the way of stopping the sun from doing things. Because the sun, goddamn, does what it wants to do. However, we, by the year 2037, apparently, according to Arthur C. Clarke and Stephen Baxter, will have a pretty strong uh, space program which allows us to place within space between the sun and the earth a shield. Now, uh, this science fiction has some things that do not currently exist and things that I kind of think will not exist by the year 2037. Although, you never know. Things like uh, artificial intelligence in the form of uh, sort of all the... I think a way you can look at it is all the computers connected on earth have created from this happenstance, a sort of artificial intelligence. So that's kind of a cool thought. Uh, Whether it will happen, uh, who's to say. Another thing is nanotechnology, so sort of the ability of nanites to take, say, uh, garbage from around them and turn it into a film that will cover this shield, that will allow it to maneuver in and protect from the various rays that the sun will shoot out and protect the planet that kind of stuff doesn't currently exist but uh burnt rubber that's weird Uh, if you listen uh, the sidebar i'm gonna need a sidebar here if you listen to yesterday's tv tuesday episode i was driving along and right at the point i am at right now i smelled sulfur like rotten eggs kind of smell. today In the same spot, I'm smelling uh, burnt rubber. So what does that mean for this area I'm driving through? It's a goddamn stinky area. Sidebar completed. So this novel uh, will, from time to time, as I say, check in with Misesa. However, mostly focuses on the sort of building and production of this shield, as well as sort of the major cities around the globe are having domes built over top of them. Just to protect them from these rays that will uh, otherwise wipe out all of humanity. Which is not good because the shield, although made out of moon glass and protected in this layer of nano bot created film crazy stuff with friggin' rockets and shit in it, and also sentient with an AI because it is filled with microprocessors throughout this giant thing that is sort of bigger than Earth, yet thin. Crazy, crazy, deep, hard sci-fi in this novel that uh, is sort of mind-blowing and will take your brain, I think, or did mine anyways, little to wrap around it, but I like it. I like it very much, and it makes me think when I read things like this that do Arthur C. Clarke and Stephen Baxter have like a goddamn team of scientists working with them telling them things that can exist such as this just amazing stuff so this book focuses on the building of the shield and the dome we'll check in with various people around the globe and in space from time to time people like uh, i thought i would get this name wrong syoban she is the astronomer royal apparently the royals since the 1500s 1600s have always sort of had a astronomer, I don't know, let's say on tap Uh, so she's sort of put in charge of the building of the shield whereas her uh, lover, huh, that's sort of a, a romantic thing develops between an astronaut by the name of Bud, which is sort of a perfect name for an astronaut he's in charge of the actual running of the team that is building the shield in space, they develop a little romantic relationship so Hey, throw that in there, why not? Adds a little humanity to what could be a normally very hard sci-fi and not caring about these characters' story. So good on them for deciding to uh, do that. So this book, the first book was, the way I kind of looked at it, was building up to a battle between the forces of Alexander um, the Great and Genghis Khan, (laughs) If, if you didn't listen to the last podcast and you just heard that sentence, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, that happened in the first book. This book was sort of building up to this uh, sort of mass solar ejection that was going to wipe out humanity. And I will say, like the battle between the Huns and Alexander, uh, this series of events, incredibly, incredibly well-written, edge of your seat, could not put it down once the flare started happening. Uh, just amazing. If you cannot tell from what I am saying, this book gets on the um, Maywood book scale. No, I don't have a name for a scale and it's not going to be that if I ever come up with one. Gets a five out of five. Easy peasy. Japanesey for me to give it that. Same with the first book. I gave it a five out of five. This series as a whole so far, five out of five. Friggin awesome. Love it. Just to wrap up our talk here. I will say that the aliens, the entities, the whatever you want to call it, that were behind the tearing apart of Earth in the first book, were also, as you could probably imagine, behind the suns acting up and trying to kill us. What they did was, from one of our neighboring galaxies, basically plucked a planet from said galaxy and shot it into our sun millennia ago. So these are alien folk who are sort of, have a long game plan, let's just say. They, I guess, have realized at this point that they didn't, in fact, wipe out all of humanity. So uh, what are they going to do about it, right? What are they going to do about it? We'll find out in book three. I am looking forward to it. Looking forward to reading it, as I have already started. I'm looking forward to talking about it here. I hope you, either a, are gonna come back and listen to me talk about it. That would be nice of you. Or two, even better, read along with me. That is my greatest desire. And uh, there you go. That will ender for now, as it does. One final thing to say, and that is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice.